Welcome, welcome, welcome to the VHS Club <laughs> special edition night. <laughs> I uh, I completely failed, and we actually missed doing a a episode recording on Friday the thirteenth. So everyone, put on their imagination hats. We're gonna pretend that tonight <laughs> that today is Friday. It's not. It's Tuesday, but. But people listening later are not going to know. So let's pretend it's Friday the 13th and we are here talking about Friday the 13th. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? I am so ready. And I have to say, I went up to my cottage and I did watch Friday the 13th on Friday the 13th. All right. All right. So Nat is winning. I cabin in the woods. I know. I broke all the rules. You broke all the rules. I, uh, I was with some of my friends and colleagues running a camp themed event. So I feel like we're, we were both, (laughs) I wasn't watching the movie, but we were both in, we were both in camp mode. So, um, so yeah, we are, we are ready to dive in and talk about Friday the 13th. And, and for anyone that is following along, we're going to do two episodes this week. So if you're part of our live studio audience and our live recording space, we're going to do one here on Tuesday and then and then our usual time, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. We're going to dive into Halloween, which is outside our 80s, 90s and today. <laughs> but we're, but we're going to do it anyway because it's it's Halloween time and we have to watch Halloween. So we can we can do a comparison Absolutely. at the end of that one to see which one I mean, one there like are more. Halloween movies that came out in the 80s. We're just going to cover the first of the franchise yeah it's true i mean i you know these franchise franchises franchises that's a weird word anyway these series of movies these franchises chise these french no i don't know i don't know i don't know we don't know these these groupings (laughs) large groupings of movies are uh are pretty like epic and iconic so it felt it felt appropriate to not force everyone to watch all of them you could do that in your own time but we're just we're going to cover them like as a as a whole. So as we were talking about Friday the Thirteenth, we will talk also yeah. in a little bit about just like Jason Slashers. movies, slasher movies, <laughs> everything in that kind of Friday the Thirteenth uh, world. So yeah, we I'm excited. love our buddy Jay. I'm excited. So, so question to our live studio audience, since we have a few people hanging out, I see George, Paul, Hank are all here. Have you seen this one, Paul? I think Paul told me earlier today that he had not seen this one or he had watched it this morning so paul correct me if i'm wrong had you seen this one is anyone is anyone new are there are there any friday the 13th virgins in the house let us know let us know if you've never seen it and now and now you have we'd love to hear your thoughts on what this one was like um just to throw it out there this falls in the genre of slasher which is a subgenre of horror yeah slasher meaning essentially that you die by blade <laughs> so, yeah. and traditionally the blades tend to be um machetes scissors or chainsaws is seems axes. to be the most what about axes well i mean Voorhees has his machete true texas chain leatherface has his chainsaw mm-hmm. and and uh I was, oh, Freddy has his claws, but that's a whole other Yeah, he's got thing. Knives, knives for hands. Knives for fingers. <laughs> and um, what was the other one I even, I don't even know what I just said. Machetes. Screen. Chainsaws. Oh, Screen. knives. Yeah, knives. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, those tend to be the iconic ones. Um, and there's sent, kind of a set set of rules. There's like common 
things that happen in all of these slasher movies that kind of makes it exciting to watch because you know what you're getting into. Like if there's a slasher, there's a certain set of rules that are always followed. And sometimes the filmmakers will make a little tweak here or there, which will like send any slasher lover like, oh my God, freaking out because they'll like add a little like surprise for us. But in general, um, there are certain rules to live by if you're in a slasher movie. Mm. And I found this list. I was telling Katie, I'm like, I think I wrote a list about like what to do in Friday. <laughs> like I Christmas. have a list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm like, yeah, I have a list and I wrote it like 15 plus years, almost 20 years ago. But mm-hmm. anyways, so I found this list. So for Friday the 13th, things that you must always do to survive, to be the final girl yeah. is keep calm. <laughs> Don't go Remain swimming. calm. Don't go in the water. We've got it. Okay. <laughs> Don't go swimming. <laughs> Don't have sex. Mm-mm. especially yep. at camp yep don't smoke don't drink don't do drugs yep don't go outside <laughs> stay indoors I mean, and play games <laughs> yeah yeah because once you go outside you know you're dead yeah yep. also don't split up mm-hmm. like under any circumstance like even in this movie she's like oh billy like Thanks for tucking me in in front of the nice cozy fire while I know all of our friends are missing. And he's like, cool, I am going to go check the generator that got turned off again mysteriously, even though we know all of our friends are missing and dead. (laughs) Split up, you die, Billy. Don't run from the killer. If he sees you and you start running, you're dead. Plus, you're never also- you're never gonna be able to run from him. Like one of my favorite parts of these movies is that yeah. you have like you have like the blonde, usually like very scantily clad woman, and she's just like fully running, like breast to the wind, running full pace, and the killer yeah. is just like walking slowly behind her, and he always oh, catches yeah. up, always catch, no matter how fast she runs. Because also in slashers. People have a tendency to always run in circles. Don't yeah. do that. Don't yeah. run in a Don't circle. Don't run in circles. No, run away. <laughs> also, if you trip, get up and run. Don't wait there for the killer to then sink his machete into you. Because that happens a lot in these movies. Mm-hmm. And then turn on the stupid light before entering any room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clearly, I'm like, because every time somebody goes in a room, hello, and it's pitch black, turn the light on. It's next to the door. The switch was right there. You could have seen him waiting. With this giant weapon. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> those are good those are good life lessons to live by. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all, <laughs> just like, in general. Obvious. You know, obviously. Well, I uh I found this like really I thought instead of instead of us diving into what this movie is about, I found this incredible article uh from the Washington Post, which I will absolutely post in the show notes later but it breaks down all of the friday the 13th movies and includes how many murders there were in each you know what the most epic murder was but it also includes the little description with like a super brief description for each each movie so (laughs) i'm gonna read this one again it's from the washington post so that we can just dive into the details because i know that you want to know what the plot of this movie is so get ready here it is so Two counselors at Camp Crystal Lake are murdered in 1958, and the camp is closed. Attempts to reopen the camp fail because of arson and contaminated water. In 1979, another attempt is being made to open the camp, and on Friday the 13th, poor choice of days, just my feedback, (laughs) the the counselors hired to work there are killed off one by one. The killer, Pamela Sue Voorhees, whose 11-year-old son, Jason, 
has allegedly drowned while swimming at the camp in 1957. Voorhees faults the two counselors who she believes were making love instead of supervising the children who were swimming in the lake. The lone survivor of the camp massacres, a woman named Alice, decapitates Mrs. Voorhees with a machete in slow motion. There you have it. (laughs) That is the entire movie in like a few short sentences. One of my favorite fun facts before we dive into like all of the epicness of this, this franchise of movies is that according to a bunch of research we did earlier today, the woman who survives in like all of these movies, there's always like one woman that makes it through is almost always blonde or dirty blonde, which is like interesting. So Jason just like, he's like, all right. So I would die. You would die. We would both die. I feel like it's not necessarily a Jason thing, but I feel it's more of a Hollywood thing. Maybe it's a Hollywood thing, but it is. I feel like the leading lady tends to be blonde or lighter haired. It's uh, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have made it all the way through. Um, And just so everyone is keeping track, actually let's play a little game. So if you're hanging out with us in the live (laughs) studio audience, how many murders do you think happened in this movie? Paul's brand new. He said he just watched it for the first time today. So it's fresh. It's fresh in Paul's mind. So how many murders? Take a take a wild guess and we'll answer in a little bit after we're, after we're done diving a little deeper into this. But it uh, it's more and, and also less than you would think. So, you know, give give us some guesses and we'll, we'll answer that Wasn't fun trivia kind of question. Like average? This one is not the least amount of murders and definitely not the most. So, yeah, I would say it's probably probably in there in the average. Yeah. Yeah, Average amount of average amount of murders. At first, when I saw the number, I'm like, that's a lot less than I thought it was. But then I was like, wow, that's actually like a significant number of people to see die on screen. (laughs) (laughs) We got some some great guesses coming in. We have Hank at six, George at eight, Paul at nine. We're going to allow some more time to to really consider this. But before we (laughs) jump, before we jump too much into uh into some of the just nuances of this film i think it is interesting that this one is very different actually than all of the other friday the 13th films that follow it which is a fact that actually made the screenwriter really upset like he he really felt like ripped off by the other movies because because the other movies all of the sequels all of the bajillion sequels that exist in this franchise jason is the killer but he is not the killer in Friday the 13th. And in fact, there is a pretty strong implication throughout the entire movie. And I guess it kind of maybe backtracks it at the end that Jason is dead. <laughs> that He's like, yeah. was a child and straight up drowned. So it is, it is interesting that, that they decided to do the sequels with this, you know, kind of with Jason as the killer, given that what I think made this movie kind of different and interesting in its time is that, it doesn't follow a lot of those other kinds of like what would eventually become the slasher rules. Like you don't, yeah, you don't well, see the killer the throughout like all of yeah. it. Yeah. It's the origin story, right? You don't it's see the, the killer origin throughout story it. without like, but it happens to be the first movie mm-hmm. that blossomed this whole franchise that is pretty much still ongoing. Um, but yeah, his mom ends up being the killer. And I'm wondering now, and I just rewatched it today, but did she say that they killed Jason, that he drowned? She says he drowned. Because she... I know, I know that. Now I'm second guessing myself, but I'm pretty sure that I she said. Remember. I'm pretty sure she said that he drowned. Well, she does. She gives an entire speech at the end where she basically. About how. About how the counselors, the counselors were making love. And, yeah. Him. Yeah. 
let him drown, but did he die? Obviously, yes. he didn't die. So, because I know the villagers say he, he, like a kid drowned. Yeah. And I know the police say that a kid drowned. Um, and I'm wondering if she ever actually said it. That would be, I have to go back and look. We'll, we'll make a note for Thursday. It, it reminds we'll, we'll be back on Thursday. It reminded me a lot of, um, a lot of psycho. It had that, like, the same kind of, like, mother crazy mother son obviously psycho was the was the reverse where the son was the killer and the mother was Mm -hmm. in his head whereas in this one it was the mother as the killer and that kind of the memory of her son was her was her guiding force but i i did kind of have a little multiple personality thing yeah (laughs) some kind of psycho personality psychosis yeah exactly because she was at some points talking as if she was him a child mm-hmm. yeah like she was mimicking a child's voice so i'm like oh that's devious and then we find out later in the movie that it's actually jason speaking to her but in her own mind mm-hmm. so so that was really interesting I, so do you find it this was what was in my mind the entire time watching it because i was thinking about like watching these movies when we were teenagers and like the fun of watching mm-hmm. like you know, movies that have the jump scare in them when you're in like a group of people. It doesn't have the same kind of vibe or feel when you're by yourself as when you're in a group. But I was wondering, like, did did this one specifically, was this one scarier or less scary than the others where you don't, you don't see as much of the killer? Like, it's not like the other ones where it, like, where you see like Jason, like w- walking, you know, with the axe or the machete later. Like, sh- you the sort of, you see the, ass. you see the kill scenes, but you don't see, yeah. you don't see the killer. And there's even a moment in this one where, where the, um, I forget what his role is, but where he, I, he recognizes her. He's like, oh, you know, oh, it's you. Like, and is like being friendly and then yeah. gets killed. So it's I, like, it's some like ways I think it's scarier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it does have elements of the psychological thriller, like yeah. Psycho and Peeping Tom, which are some of like the older. Yeah. They're, they're credited to possibly be the origin of slashers, but they're definitely more on the psychological thriller side, whereas this is much more of a physical, we're going to see all the gut side. Yeah. Um, so it does, it definitely does like this movie for sure has a lot of reference to its predecessors. Yeah. Like even at the beginning, when we see the kids are driving into the camp, uh, the counselors are driving into the camp and they're in their truck and they're listening to something on the radio and it's, dueling banjos not specifically the dueling banjo song but it's a banjo song which is a nod to uh, another movie where shit goes down in the woods and everybody dies deliverance from (laughs) i think it's 72 so there's like these little nods in this movie to its predecessors but Mm -hmm. um so i definitely yeah i do think it it does lend to a little more scariness because also the legend of jason we don't see until the very last bit where he jumps out of the water to pull Alice into the lake and he looks like a monster you could see he's disfigured and you could see um he looks like a monster but up until like when we're seeing everybody getting killed like you see just a normal hand and a plaid shirt and a shoulder like you don't see who it is so and like as watching the movie for the first time you're like well I really don't know the killer could be um, anybody it could be one of the kids it yeah. could be steve the owner of the camp who by the way like 
Steve just dicks off for the whole time. These kids come in to work for him and he's like, we have one week before we open and we still need to put the eaves up on the houses. We need to paint the whole camp. We need to uh, get running electricity because it's only like questionable in some places. So I have an emergency um, generator. Like it's like the camp is still in shambles and he's been working on it for three years. <laughs> <laughs> they specify in the movie, oh, this guy's been working on this place for three years and sunk all of his inheritance into it. And it's like a week until opening, he has nothing ready. And then yeah. he just pisses off for like two days. Yeah. <laughs> like, where was he? <laughs> what was he doing? I oh, I thought that was wild. I was like, I don't understand why he's not here in this movie. <laughs> he does yeah. show back up in the end to get himself murdered. But um I just thought that was hilarious that he just like took off. <laughs> so he just like... take, he takes off and the like maybe this is just my viewpoint looking back on this from like now but I'm like wow the the lack of structure and the kind of like laissez-faire <laughs> attitude from these like teenagers like if I showed up to a job like even as a camp counselor like if I just showed up to a, like a summer job and there was like no one there like they're just like oh, well, like, let's just swim and have sex and play strip Monopoly and, like, make food. Like, they're, like, very casual about the fact that there's no one else there. There's, like, no real plan for what they're supposed to do. There's, like, no note yeah. anywhere. Like, they just, like, show up for these jobs and they, like, they don't seem to have any structure whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. There's just, like, nothing for them to... They're just, like, well, fine with hanging there was out. That, there was that one little moment at the beginning of the movie where... Uh, Steve sees Alice standing on a ladder. She's putting up one of the eaves on on one of the cabins. And he kind of really, like, the scene was super uncomfortable because he kind of was hitting on her. And she's mm. like, yeah, no, dude. And, and she's just really nice about it. And then he leaves that situation thinking he's, like, the cock of the walk. He's yeah. like, yeah, I'm hitting on this, like, teenage kid. Who I hired. <laughs> like, to, yeah, Ew, exactly. like, you're her boss. What was... And, like, there was no point to that scene, really, in the long run. I wonder I wonder what the original thought was behind that scene. So I'm like, oh, no. I don't know. Maybe it was showing that he's a little bit smarmy. I, like, he was smarmy, yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, all right. Are we there? So how many... I know you probably saw this number, Nat, but how many... How many murders oh, yeah. in this movie? Did There's you see? 12. There are 12. 12. <laughs> Paul was the Paul was the closest without going over if we're thinking prices right rules. So, congratulations to Paul. 12 murders in this one. The most amount of murders in any uh Friday the 13th movie is 22. There are two of them that had 22 murders in them. The final Jason goes to hell the final Friday in 93. And let me scroll through here. Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning from 1985. Both had 22 murders. So yeah, different, again, like a different, a different vibe, like less murders, yeah. less, less gratuitous, less, I, like, I don't know. They they were definitely gratuitous. Like they showed a lot of, you know, say, blood and guts, but they get crazier as the movies go on. That's for sure. The first kill. So there's this um, girl hitchhiking to the camp. She's going to mm. be the cook there for the summer. And she goes through town. She asks, like, hey, where the camp is? And she's in this diner. And everybody's like, <gasps> as soon as she says Camp Crystal Lake, the whole village gets, like, quiet. And I was like, <laughs> run, Annie, run. <laughs> but no, she gets she gets driven almost to the camp, which I don't understand. This guy offers to drive her there and then drops her off at a cemetery 
near the road that goes to the camp, but not actually to the camp. So she's still marching along, marching along. She sees another truck go by. So she decides to hitchhike. So she just gets into this random person's car without saying a word. Not like, hey, are you going this way? Would you mind dropping me off? Nothing. None of the... None of the the notions of hitchhiking were involved in this. She just hops in the car and then she realizes too late that like, oh, this is not going to go good. So she jumps out of the moving vehicle. Of course, like busts an ankle or whatever. She's trying to hobble through the woods. And then, and I love the first kill because it was very, it was almost slow mode where her throat gets slashed. She's pinned against a tree. Her throat gets slashed. And then the gap just opens slowly and then starts to like, all the blood starts to flow. Um, but I thought that was really well done. I mean, it's a bit hokey. It's not like great special effects or at all realistic, but, but it's for the, very shocking. For, <laughs> like the, for the time, I mean, the the guy good. that was responsible for doing all of these special effects like did go on to become like a, a pretty famous name in the industry. Like it was, for the, again, for the time, it was very, very well done. Very good, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was sorry. His name is. I was trying to pull up his name. His name was Tom Savini. He was the first one of the first crew members on board for this film because the producers were like obsessed with his makeup and special effects um, that he did for Dawn of the Dead in 1978. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I do think it's a little bit interesting. So the one of the facts that that I found while I was taking a look into this movie is that the this was definitely a, a an attempt to kind of play off of the popularity of Halloween, which was released two years earlier. So we probably should have done them the other way around, but that's okay. We're we're on Friday the 13th kick right now. Um, so yeah, I do, I do think it's interesting that they were like trying to kind of follow in those footsteps and yet definitely like a different vibe from this one compared to Halloween. Like in Halloween, you have this very, and maybe it's just because Jamie Lee Curtis is just like iconic, but you have this like, you have this like cast of teenagers, but none of them are memorable. Like the only one that you remember is Kevin Bacon. It's only because he's famous <laughs> he's now. <Kevin> like <laughs> With also like Kevin Bacon in a midriff, like a crop top. I'm yeah. like male midriff tops in the eighties were epic. I'm epic. like thank you. <laughs> but like I could not even I just watched this movie like I just just finished yeah. watching this movie and I couldn't even tell you any of their names other than Annie who I think is the main and I don't even know if that's the main actress but I like no, I couldn't. she was the first one to die was she Alice, yeah. Annie Alice Billy um oh look at you Kevin Bacon <laughs> there was a Kevin there was a Kevin Bacon yeah but like the where so it, like it is a little bit different at, like between the two of them and then again you have in Halloween you know it we they talk a lot about you know kind of the formula for a slasher flick you have you know the, this normally this group of teenagers is normally happens in like this tight timeline it's yeah. normally in like a very like specific setting right and Camp Crystal Lake which is still a functioning camp with like who who goes to this camp? But it's anyway, that aside, still a functioning camp, friends. But um, but yeah, it's it, it is interesting that Halloween takes place in like a, a town. Like they're like they're like not out of the way. So it like I don't know, it was it's interesting to kind of follow up from that movie, and yet I think they did a pretty good job of of really kind of making their own mark. Like in now in our minds when we think of slasher movies. We definitely are thinking of, you know, Jason, Freddy, Michael Myers, and Ghostface, I guess. And Texas Chainsaw Leatherface. 
can we just note that I'm like Jay, Mike, like they're my friends. I <laughs> Sorry. Now we just make on the sidelines high-fiving them as they walk by. Like, yeah, you got this. <laughs> I'm just going to wait over here. You go. You go. Like, we'll pretend my hair is blonde. I, I live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do say like for, so for slashers kind of overall, I feel like with, Halloween with Friday the 13th even with Texas Chainsaw which was I think 78 it came out was it something like that late Uh, 70s yeah and so their key elements are you have a villain that Mm. has some sort of childhood drama yep always um you have to have a theme song for the villain so you know when the villain is going to come onto the screen like like Jaws think Jaws yeah yeah it's like with Friday the 13th, you know Voorhees, either mother or son, is going to be about, like, coming to murder somebody when you hear the cha-cha-cha, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like, it's, you know, so also the acting, it doesn't have to be good. You just need people to die dramatically and kind of the cheesier and campier it is, the better, better it is yeah. for the audience. Um, and you need over-the-top kills, always. Yeah. Like weapons of convenience thing or, or weapons of inconvenience, like um, wood chippers have been used in the this franchise, which nope. they, which again, I, too much true crime in my life that I know that the way Jason wood chips a couple of people won't work, but you're like, we'll gu- nah. we'll gum up the, the machinery. <laughs> Anyways, gotta freeze them first. Um, but um, yeah, so there's certain elements like that. And then, and what I love about this franchise, too, is that we go from something, okay, so this is a mother avenging her son. The son, his life was ruined because he didn't actually die. Um, so then now he's avenging his mother. Then he eventually, a couple movies in, gets killed, but like for real this time. But then, of course, it's Friday the 13th and some weird supernatural thing. Like he gets his grave somebody's trying to rob his grave and then the steel the iron fence around it gets struck by lightning which then rejuvenates his body and reanimates him it's wild um how this franchise takes all these ups and downs and these turns just to keep it going and yeah. as implausible it is, as it is it really just keeps the story <laughs> on plot you know? it, i think the more ridiculous it gets the more likable it is because you just like there's something about the again, I think it goes back to the jump scares and the idea of watching this when you're a little bit younger and in a group where it's, you know, yeah, like even sleepover or yeah, movie sleepover even when you know that they're coming, you're just you're still kind of just like, oh, <laughs> like, I like I will say that even watching this tonight, like I've seen this movie a ton of times. It's been a while since I've seen the this this specific one. But definitely yeah. I've seen it multiple times. And at the very, very end where she's like in the boat, I was like, ah, it's the end of the movie. I'm like, get my remote control. <laughs> and then he like pops up and I was like, ah, <laughs> I was like, oh, right. <laughs> totally forgot about that. Like, so it, there is, I think, something that's just fun about, about that level of scary where it doesn't feel believable. Like it's believable, but to a point. So it's like for people that are, I, I think like, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's different for every single person that's watching it. But at least for me, I feel like it's so over the top that it's more of like a 
you know, it's just more of the fun of watching something that scares you versus some of the movies like psychological thrillers where they they feel like, you know, any of the serial killer movies, like there's some level of that's like, well, but that can and does happen. Whereas the, you know, these these crazy like mass murderers are not like they're coming back from the dead. They're impossible to kill. You have to kill them yeah. like four or five times for them to die. Even then they're not going to die. So like there's, and no matter how fast you run, they're going to catch you. Like there's something that feels a little ridiculous and maybe that makes it easier to yeah. watch and, and okay to be scared in that it's not real. Like, And I think that's where the campy acting comes into play too. It's so it's like you, you know, it's not serious. You know, it's not realistic but it still gives you that thrill of watching something horrific. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure in one of the Halloween movies, they nuke Mike Myers. Like, literally, they <laughs> like, nuke the town. He's fine. And he's, <laughs> he's, still, he's still halfway through the franchise. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, they do get a little crazy. I have to say, at the end of this movie, when she's, like, she, she beheads her with the soon to be infamous machete in such an iconic fine it is an iconic final girl moment Mm -hmm. um where she's like fighting with mrs Voorhees on the sand and she grabs the machete and she just lobs off her head in slow-mo fantastic and then she just sort of like is in complete and total shock she crawls into a boat and pushes herself out into the lake to float there until daybreak which i'm like same alice i would totally do the same I probably also would have like put holes in all the other boats just so I had the only one. But um, so you see, she's drifting in the water. Her hand is dangling in the water. And my first thought, because I've now seen this movie an absurd amount of times, I'm like, if her hand was in the water all night, would she not have peed herself? <laughs> and then Jason comes out. <laughs> That's what my brain went. I'm like, cold water might have pissed herself I just I thought that she's like she's just such a weird character like she's you don't really care much about her like none of them like there's no character where you're like wow I really hope that she makes it like you're just sort of like all right whatever they're all all gonna die she doesn't have that story now like usually nowadays it's like her boyfriend cheated on her and her friends yeah she has no backstory yeah you don't know anything well. about her exactly her she just died when she's younger and her older brother is incarcerated and she's yeah. all alone yeah. whatever she has no yeah. she has no story and then it's not until like maybe you know 20 minutes before the end of the movie where where she like clearly is the only one left alive and she's gonna have to like live or die like you know it will she survive kind of thing so then you're sort of rooting for her and she's she goes from being like the most useless person. Like there's like a moment where they like walk in where other people are still alive and she's like, Oh, there's an axe on the bed. That's weird. Haha. Ha. And then they just leave the axe and she walks away. Like I was like, Maybe you want to pick up that axe. Just maybe you wanna have that with you. Like I don't Well they, they do pick it up and she does take it with her, which I was like in my mind, I'm like, what, in the eighties they didn't realize about preserving the scene? Like because it's covered. Oh, in the blood, scene right? is the scene is over. I would have had that like with me, like but she doesn't have it with her in the next scene. And then like and then later in like like she they find a bloody axe and they don't know where any of the other people are. And she's like, You you take off and do that. I'll wait here. And then 
Then she makes some tea. Like, she's just like, I'm going to have some tea. First, she sleeps for a little bit, which I'm like, Yeah, when Billy tucks her in front of the fire. (laughs) Bold move, but okay. And then she's like, no, I'm going to get up and I'm going to have some tea. And I'm like, also weird. And then, like, then when she finally finds out, she has this, like, this like what is you know often an iconic moment in these kinds of movies where she like yeah. discovers all of the bodies it's like a oh, another body event oh another body like it's like, like uh, how realizing mrs Voorhees because she tossed a body through the window yeah like, she, she tossed wasn't a dead like what five eleven six foot woman through the window yeah at yeah. her like, i wouldn't have wanted like, to mess around okay mrs Voorhees. <laughs> but then, then you have this woman after she has her nice cup of tea she's like she you know she then 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 the the body comes through the window and then she's like yeah. shocked or whatever and they have like all these fight scenes but then she like she seems like she might be finally getting into like the spirit where she, you're like maybe she'll live she like ties she gets the rope and she ties the door closed and you're like all right badass move like she's i like barricading it herself in. she's barricading yeah. herself in she takes like way too long to do it but you're like okay i'm into this and, but like i feel like she goes from being like the most useless person known to man in these kinds of scenes to somehow like extremely very useful. super capable and i'm like i i don't know but i mean i guess i, I guess mean, she does like, check she does check some of the survivor girl she does. boxes. Yeah, she's blonde. So, <laughs> so she's blonde. Yeah. Uh, she's kind. So at the beginning of the mm-hmm. movie, after S- Steve, the owner, is kind of um, smarmy towards her, she's like, you know what? I'm really just going to leave because this isn't for me. I'm going back home to California, like across the country. Okay, Like I'm going all the way back home. And... And then he kind of is like, look, I really need your help. Like, you're the one I depend on the most. And she's like, okay. So she's like really nice. And like, she's the nice girl. Okay. So yeah. she's blonde. She's the nice girl. Um, she's Too kind nice. of like the mother hen. <laughs> like when yeah. Steve is still not around. So they're like, oh, and the cook isn't there. They're like, she's like, oh, I'll start cooking things and get a- things ready for everybody. And oh, let's play a game tonight. And like, she keeps the group together. Um, mind you, at the same time, none of them noticed that one of the guys has been missing now for several hours. <laughs> and then also then Kevin Bacon and his girlfriend go off and have sex in one of the cabins, not realizing that their friend has been missing for several hours is in the bunk next to them. I'm like, how stoned were you guys that you didn't smell the body? Like, I'm sorry. He's already going into decomp. He's been there for at least three hours. <laughs> like, how could you not smell him? But anyway, so she does have some of the survivor girl qualities. And at first she does rely on people and she she realizes people are missing. But as soon as she realizes something's wrong, she's like, let's call the cops right away. She's like, let's call the authorities instead of, you know, running upstairs, <laughs> which is yeah, for they sure. Do. If you run upstairs in a slasher, you're going to die. You have to run out the front door to live. So. Yeah, this one is, you know, for being kind of the one of the movies yeah. that started off kind of the, the slasher they kind subgenre. Of Yeah, there are some things that are missing in this movie that become like iconic in Mm -hmm. the later movies. So there is definitely no one. The the characters are less ridiculous than in the future movies. You have none of the kind of running, you know, running upstairs or kind of the like the almost like silliness of the killers where it's like, you know, like you can like throw things at them and they like throw it aside or they're like there's none of that here. It's she you know, the the killer is hidden in the shadows and you like are yeah. seeing things through the killer's perspective and it's a little bit less yeah. obvious oh, it's the Voorhees lens 
Yeah, the, Vor- <laughs> the Voorhees <laughs> lens. And uh, Hank Hank puts a says a really uh, good comment here in the live chat. Hank says the the sound effects alone <laughs> when he's about to kill you is legendary. Yeah, it's it is interesting the the like iconic music of this movie, which is by no means like a traditional soundtrack where it's like you know f- famous songs throughout. It apparently was developed because the and hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna want to read it so I don't mess it up. But it <laughs> this isn't like every one of these, but the um the soundtrack was basically a take on one of the lines that Mrs. Voorhees says in the movie. Where did it go? So it um yeah I got so uh so the guy who created it Harry Manfredini who was composing the score for the film says, quote, so I got the idea of taking the k from kill and the ma from mummy, but spoke them very harshly, distinctly and rhythmically into a microphone and ran them through this 70s echo device. And it came up <laughs> as you hear it today. So every time there was the perspective of the stalker, I put that into the score. So you you definitely hear the kill her mummy is coming through in the k- yeah. k- 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 like all those sounds, which is kind of fun. And then the rest of the music is just very shrieky and screamy. And so it 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 has that kind of like um it puts you on edge. It's not relaxing at all, right? It's putting you, yeah, it's putting you on on edge throughout the movie, which I yeah. think was really well done. It's very sub like I don't know, subtle but obvious. It it's it's an interesting different kind of take from even like modern day um horror movies. So uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I also have to say that one of the rules of that becomes a rule of thumb in all of these movies is if at the beginning of the movie there is a creepy child or crazy senior citizen and they're Just, ranting about how you're all going to die, always mm-hmm. listen to them. Always, always listen to the crazy person. Like if always. you're like if you're going wherever you're going and a crazy person is like, don't go down there. <laughs> like you definitely, you just want to, you'd be like, thank you so much, sir. I'm just going to get back in my car now. Yeah. It's, uh, it, I, I, you know what? It's funny. I like even watching this and knowing all of the rules and having seen this movie so many times, I yeah. did feel like the beginning of this movie, like notwithstanding the, the kind of how crazy it gets, the beginning of this movie felt believable. Like if I was to put myself in the position of these teenagers, like who are who are not from this town, who are coming into work, and like they're really just there to like fraternize and have sex with each other, and like and make you know make a quick buck doing pretty easy work. Like I I don't know. I believe like I believe that they would have acted the way that they acted. Like I believe that they would have split up yeah. because they would have been like you know focused on each other. I believe that they would have been like oh that guy's crazy. I believe that they would have been like oh whatever the smarmy like camp director guy isn't here like I yeah. roll like I it felt. Like everything that they did, nothing in it felt like I was like in other horror or slasher flicks where you're like, why are you doing that? Don't go upstairs. Like (laughs) there was like nothing in this movie that felt like something that wouldn't I wouldn't do. Like I was like, yeah, all right, I believe it. When Alice and Billy, like mid to end of the movie are realize that everybody's missing. Yeah. Um, that's when I'd be like, no, we are not separating under any circumstances and I should have made the tea before he fell asleep because we need to stay awake through all of this. <laughs> I know Paul's like, she made tea for two. She did. She was like, I'm going to make the tea. They'll be back. <laughs> like, it's going to be fine. 
another classic element in these movies is you cannot rely on any technology like phones no. or cell phones no. like internet no. um, not that that was in this movie but i'm just saying rule of and if, if there are neighbors the neighbors are not home like there's no yeah. one to help you you're totally isolated and you cannot rely on cars or any kind of vehicle no. to get you out ever no. which no. i have to say this was another survivor goal thing for alice she runs to the car she sees the body and she's like you know what fuck that fuck trying to get this car going she just runs for the boat she's like yeah. though she did get a weapon she went and got a gun but she, she did a bullet she did i um, she so good, like good for her for getting a weapon but she pulled it together by definition guns are not going to help you in a slasher no guns won't help you no. you could shoot them 150 times and like hit no. them in the head the entire time and the, and the guy would still be like totally fine has and to everything. be a blade yeah has to be a and blade. generally a decapitation. She mm-hmm. did so when Mrs. Voorhees, um, she locks herself into the pantry, Alice, and Mrs. Voorhees breaks in, and it's kind of like the "Here's Johnny" moment from The yeah, Shining, where you just see her face poke through, and um, she ends up hitting her on the head with like a block of wood. Which I'm like, if it was me, I would make pulp out of her skull to make sure that she was dead. So Alice did do that that thing that you're not supposed to is assuming that they're dead if their heads are still attached to their body always has to be like a decapitation i uh i do i do enjoy (laughs) i do enjoy that the woman who played mrs Voorhees apparently like had no desire to do this movie she was just like well i need some extra money for a new car so what the hell (laughs) and did it anyway but apparently iconic i know she's iconic she like She's like the, I don't know, she has like just the perfect look for this character because by the time you finally see her, she somehow looks both really motherly, but also terrifying. So like she's just a really great, but apparently she was a method actor. So she, she actually had a really strong desire to know way more about the character. And so she actually created like, I mean, she was the one that came up with the entire backstory that built on the killer's hatred of, of sexual, you know issue tra- sexual transgression um, as this article puts it so yeah. it um yeah it is it is interesting That's that like dark place to go for it is <laughs> it is and then the other thing i absolutely loved i'm just like looking through um some of these quotes and we'll post all of these um sources later so that you can follow up and read through them because they're interesting but the um and make sure to, so the screenwriter victor miller is quoted as saying uh to be honest, I've never seen any of the sequels, but I have a major problem with all of them because they made Jason the villain, Miller said. I still believe that the best part of my screenplay was the fact that the mother figure was the serial killer, working from a horribly twisted desire to avenge the senseless death of her son, Jason. Jason was dead from the very beginning. He was a victim, not a villain. But I took motherhood and turned it on its head, and I think that was great fun. Mrs. Voorhees was the mother that I always wanted, a mother who would have killed for her kids. And I was just like, interesting. Like, I... Yeah, I think most moms would kill for their kids, but yeah, that's... it was just like it's just interesting to like. <laughs> it must took it to another level. She killed yeah. for decades for people who didn't do it. But it just must have been so interesting to be like, oh no, I like I wrote, I wrote this movie and I'm really proud of it, and then to like, just kind of watch it spiral off into what yeah. it became must have been just a really interesting. And it's funny because the franchise itself does have standards as well. There's yeah. one movie called Jason X that's not actually part of the franchise. It's just like a rogue movie with Mm -hmm. Voorhees. And I don't remember the background on how that happened, but it's terrible. (laughs) 
Um, I think it takes place in like 2020, 45 or something, and it's in space. Mm -hmm. And like they basically have Jason like on ice and like all the criminals on ice and they shove them up into space and then he gets out because there's a power failure and kills everybody on the space station. I mean, why not? Um, now that I'm saying that, that sounds great, actually. But, no, but apparently I mean, does it, it follow really, the rules? Small really space. It probably does. It's pretty funny. I'm going to have to rewatch it. I had seen it when it had come out and it was terrible. But but it's not actually part of the franchise. So it's, it happens. It happened it to happens. James Bond franchise, too. There's some rogue movies for it. But yeah. It happens. I'm just scrolling through to see if we missed any. I have to say, facts. I also love um, when Katie and I were watching it. She's like, I really like their raincoats. And I'm like, yeah, I would love that green raincoat. <laughs> I'm like, raincoats aren't as nice as they used to be. I get very distracted by the, uh, by all of it. Apparently, so fun fact, if you did like this one, and I'm interested, now, now is a great time if you're hanging out in the studio audience. Let us know what you would rate this one, whether or not you liked it. We'd love to hear. Um, but there's apparently a prequel coming, supposed to come out this year, well, early 2024, called Crystal Lake on Peacock, which would be interesting. So is this the one that takes place in the 50s? Yeah, I guess it's the OG original story. Um, so Nothing is going to top. If you guys haven't seen a lot of the movies, some of them are get they get progressively worse slash better. Um, I think even Corey Feldman's in one of them, to be fair. Oh, maybe, yeah. Um, but our favorite, Katie and I have watched it many a time, is Friday the 13th, 2009. So it came mm. out in 2009. Um, it's fantastic. It, it, this is, this is where the, the movie creators took it to a different place, is that one. <laughs> um, keeping everything the same, but took it to a very different place. And I don't want to spoil it for you guys if you want to watch it, but we'll have to cover that one time because it's... Oh. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> it is wild. Definitely the best of the franchise. Other than the first one. I do love this one. I do love I mean, it. You gotta love you gotta love the original. If you're looking yeah. for the famous mask, which we put in our which we put in our YouTube thumbnail here, yes. you actually have to wait until the third movie. That, that yes. he doesn't introduce the mask until the third movie. Um there have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different actors who have played Jason, so it is not the same all the way through, which I think is interesting. We already talked about the blondes. We're just trying to make sure we're not missing anything. Oh, here. All right. So this will be our, our final fun fact, unless Nat has one she wants to add. But my final fun fact of the night is that, so we talked about 12, 12 kills in this one, if you're joining us late or, or didn't hear that at the beginning. 12 kills in this movie. But Jason kills... 146 in total <laughs> throughout throughout this franchise. So, um, yeah, fun drinking game. If anyone's include? looking for a drinking game, oh yeah. yeah. If if ever if you guys are interested, you could hit us up with an email. My brother and I had made up. Um, we used to have horror movie Tuesdays at our house, and we had a drinking game for especially for Friday the Thirteenth. We had uh, and it hits the whole franchise. <laughs> So if you if you are interested, I can dig up the old rules for that somewhere and I can let you guys know. You might have to do it over the span of a few weeks because 146 kills. Over the, oh, yeah, might, no, you would watch like you, one yeah. movie a night. It's yeah. not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was made for like 20 year olds to drink. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, when Katie asked me what I thought 
how many taters I thought for the movie. I'm like, mm. it has male crop tops, load of nipples, creepy slasher music, basically wrote the rules for slashers. And I'm like, and mediocre acting, which is a must for slashers. So <laughs> for me, I think we all know what the rating is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Nat, Nat went with five. I, no. I'm back and forth because... I think if I'm comparing it against, well, well I, I, so we'll see. I, I'm, I am undecided at the moment because we're going to review <laughs> Halloween in a couple of days. So Thursday night, if you're hanging out with our studio audience, you're, um, you'll have to hang out with us on Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, where we'll dive into Halloween. I, I think as a franchise. This is my favorite of the yeah. of the franchises. I definitely have watched this one a lot more than I have Halloween or the um Nightmare or, the, or the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I don't I think I don't quite love the Nightmare on Elm Street as much as I kind of like these like just single indestructible killers that are kind of, like I there's something about the supernaturalness I do like the crossovers though I do like the crossovers like, there are Freddy Jason crossovers that there are, are Freddy J- yeah there are definitely Freddy Jason <laughs> crossovers I was that are pretty great Jason so. yeah I just Freddy's. <laughs> there's something kind of like iconic so I I would say from like a franchise standpoint this one's certainly my favorite and I would probably give it five potatoes for my for my franchise overview yeah. but I think and I'm just going off my memory. I think I like Halloween better as as like the if I'm comparing just the two of them. So I'm not going to rate it all the way yet. <laughs> but I feel right. like I'm somewhere between three between three and five. We'll have to, we'll have to revisit on <laughs> Thursday. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited. All right, Paul, you got to drop into the comments before we head off. What you thought? I know I chatted with you a little bit earlier, so I kind of I kind of know the so the. I will say, like, this is not a good movie. Like, if we're, like, if we're... <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, the acting needs to be bad in these kinds of yeah. movies. Like, I know it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> this not is not, this like, is not like, point. a movie that deserves to win Oscars. This is not oh, a God, good movie. No. But there is... I think there's something fun about a really campy, scary movie. Yeah. Um I will tell a, a really funny story and then Nat can correct all of my inaccuracies in it because I don't remember exactly which movie it was, but we were having one of our sleepovers. We had like multiple sleepovers all the time in our in our group of like four or five of us um, yeah. friends when we were teenagers and we were at a friend's house um, and her parents were what we thought not home. And so we were in the basement and we were watching one of them. It might have been it might have been one of these ones. It might have been one of the other slasher flicks, but we were like really into it and there was like kind of like a hush and we were in that group where it was like you know people were like trying to like crack jokes to ease the tension but still like jumping at the jump scares and our friend's dad who was like just enough of a jackass to pull this off bit of a sociopath yeah bit of a sociopath (laughs) (laughs) put put on a mask put on a mask and like went outside the basement window yeah. While we were watching this movie, and probably waited for like a good. It was Halloween. Of, it, was, it was. I think it was Halloween five. On, to be fair. I think it was also like on Halloween night. Like it was yeah. on like yeah, it was yeah, a creepy yeah. night, and it was a creepy movie. And tapped with a knife like a machete on the glass, and then just left. <laughs> and so scared yeah. the ever living everything out of us. Super and it was funny. His daughter was like the biggest scaredy cat ever, and um, 
<laughs> I de- think we definitely had to wash a sleeping bag, to be yeah. fair. I mean, we were like 13. We were young. We were young, but it, it was, was pretty odd. It was a scaredy cat. It, it, was, was, it was very creepy. It was very My creepy. My response was like, I picked up the phone to dial 911. And I'm like, I'm just calling the cops. And it's like, her parents run down like, no, don't do that. It's like, well... <laughs> Pretty, pretty, the wrong kid. <laughs> pretty iconic. It lives in yeah, my memory as one of the uh, one of the craziest things. All right. Well, Hank is with us. He five 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 knives cutting five potatoes, which is uh, absolutely epic. Uh, Doc is correct. I'm a fan of Halloween because Michael Myers is Canadian, obviously. Well, not <laughs> um, different Michael Myers. Different Michael Myers. Lots of different Jasons. So you know, hey, like there's one for everyone. How many Burgies are there? one for everyone well this was this was very fun um and i'm excited to dive into halloween so hopefully everyone will come back and hang out with us again on thursday huge shout out someone mentioned it in the comments but um my friend Luis got me a police line do not cross lanyard which i'm just proudly wearing as my ridiculous uh piece of flair for tonight i'm just gonna wear that every day for this whole month because i can why not (laughs) Um, but yeah, what one of my new fa- one of my new favorite things in my wardrobe. I'm wearing my ghost sweater. I'm like, I'm vibing. I'm very in for Halloween this year. I'm pulling my best eighties. I'm wearing an old eighties uh rugby Solid. shirt. Yeah. Solid. Solid. Well, we're going. We're we we are right on the cusp tonight. This one's nineteen eighty, but next week we are going into nineteen seventy eight. I'll have to make a new playlist. Seventies mm-hmm. movies. It's gonna be an adventure. <laughs> an adventure but, but it's a slasher it's a slasher and it's and it's jamie lee curtis so it's going to be iconic as always so i look forward to it well we did it and if you enjoyed this episode wherever you're watching or listening be sure to leave us a review tell your friends share the episode send us all of your feedback only positive feedback we just throw away all of the negative feedback so don't even bother yeah. sending that uh and if you want to hang out with us in the live studio audience it's super fun and there's only the coolest people that hang out there so you can always do that uh every most most we'll go with most most Mostly. thursdays at 9 p.m <laughs> eastern on youtube sometimes also tuesdays because it's double feature slasher week so here we are so this week tuesday and thursday but usually and, um- thursdays if you need a couple of survival tips, rules to surviving, we did post on Instagram my notes from about 15 years ago <laughs> on uh, what not to do to get yourself axe murdered. Absolutely. And so you, you can, can check that out on our Instagram. <laughs> you can find our Instagram. We're the VHS Club pod because there is a the VHS Club on Instagram. They're awesome. You should give them a follow as well. They are they are a fun a fun follow but we have to add pod to the end for it to find us and yeah and we'll be back again in just a couple of days for even more halloween goodness by the time we get to halloween i'm gonna have watched all of the my favorite movies and i'm gonna be so excited by that fact so yeah we're uh we're looking forward to finishing up with some more scary movies and then jumping into the rest of our endless list of thousands of 80s 90s and today movies i'm excited (laughs) hank we had to end on your comment hank is one of the coolest kids when he pops in it's absolutely true (laughs) it is so absolutely true well thanks everyone for hanging out with us and we will see you in two more days thursday 9 p.m eastern or wherever you like to listen and watch your podcast we'll be there bye bye everyone bye